But I want to I want to ask you a question. I want to start off with a question this morning. I want to ask you why do we worship? Why do we worship? Why do we we do this what we just did and you know lift our hands and sing to God and dance and you know like why why do we why do we worship? And I, I know most probably if I had to give you the mic this morning and tell me why do do we worship, we, we will have all the right answers coming from this room. But I want to ask you, if I had to take your, your heart today and, and open it up, what, why do you worship? Only you know the answer to that. Why do you worship this morning? Why do you worship? And I want to start off just by quickly saying, when I speak about worship, and when I use the phrase worship, I want to simplify it. But I'm basically saying to give honor and adoration, to express honor and adoration to God. As to what we did here, like we, we look at His greatness and we, we are in awe and wonder of just who He is and His majesty and how big He is. That is what I mean with worship. But it's interesting if you look at the original language, specifically in the, the Old and New Testament of worship, it's often not just an action, but it's a posture. What do I mean with that? It's not just singing, which is it's part of it. Worship is also singing. But it actually refers to a lifestyle of, of following Christ and laying ourselves down and, and walking with Him and continually being before Him, knowing who He is. And um, as, as, uh, as Chad mentioned a couple of times this morning, but being aware of His bigness and how small I am. And following Him in that way, every step of the way, every day. So I want to ask you, why do you worship? You know, here, all of us sitting in this room, you worship intentionally or unintentionally. It is so. We're designed to worship. That's what we do. We worship. We do. You can maybe ask, oh, what do you mean this morning by saying we worship intentionally and unintentionally? You know, what takes most of your time? What occupies most of your thoughts? <laughs> what do you think about the whole time? What's going on in your heart? What's going on in your room when the door is closed? We worship. We do. Intentionally and unintentionally this morning. A.W. Tozer is a um, well-known Christian writer. And he, he writes, he says, We are saved to worship God. All that Christ has done in the past and all that He is doing now leads to this one end. To worship Him. To worship Him. You were created to worship Him from the beginning. And I want to take you to a verse quickly in Genesis 2, verse 7. And we see this picture where, where man was created for the first time, okay? And I'm going to read it to you. Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. And I quickly mentioned yesterday at the worship equipment, do you know as you are sitting here that you're a combination of dust and the breath of God? It's not something we can boast of at all. Eh? <laughs> I'm made of dust and the breath of God. We actually brought nothing to the party. <laughs> it's God's breath and dust. <laughs> That's us. And in that moment when He breathed His life into us, when He created us, 
he said something in motion there that most people that are most probably not know Jesus, they, they live their life to find out this thing, that your purpose, that you were created for Him, to be dependent on Him and to love Him and to worship Him. Everything comes down to this thing. There's a, a other a Christian writer, Oswald Chambers, I don't know whom of you knows, but he gives the definition of worship like this. He says, worship is giving to God the best that He has given you. He says, this breath of God that He's breathed into us, that moment when He created us, suddenly we are now in the position, everything we do from that moment is a response to Him. It's a response to Him. And I want to I use this picture. I used a similar picture yesterday, but... Our little Emma John, and remember when I was still in primary school, um, I grew up without a dad. It was my mom, myself, and my brother. And I remember you're in primary school somewhere, you know, mom's birthday is coming up. And at that time, I didn't have any money, and I, I did, but most probably some of you also did, but you go to your mom. <laughs> and I said, Mommy, can you please give me some money so I can go and buy you a present? <laughs> I don't know. Is it just me that did that? <laughs> you know? And then I go to her and she gives me the 50 rand, you know, and I take the 50 rand and then I go and uh, I buy a, a, a pair of slippers from Woolies um, or, or in that time, yes. Um, <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> yeah, some of you are like, yo, no, not anymore. 50 rand is just a bag you carry the groceries in. But, um, <clears throat> but I, I, I had that, you know, like I, I did that and I brought the slippers to my mom and then every time my mom's like, oh, wow, I didn't expect that. Wow, you know. And she takes the slippers, and I think, I think for a few years we bought her slippers. I think she just put it in the cupboard, like, okay. And often, I want to tell you, worship isn't our idea. This, what we do here, is not our idea. The Bible says that He loved us first. It's because He loved us first that we can love Him back. You cannot conjure up your love for God. It's because of Him. As soon as you can do it on your own, then we don't need God. And that is, that is pride. But we need God. And it's a similar picture of the breath that He breathed into us. Now we have an opportunity to breathe it back to Him. To worship Him. To love on Him. Doesn't make sense, that example. I use examples with my daughters just because the season that we're in. But I want to go back again to um, just... Um, Mentioning this, that worship is more than just a song we sing. It's part of it. But it's the posture of our hearts. And I want to go quickly into the Word. And I want to look at two pictures of worship. I want to look at two examples of worship this morning. And I want us to, um, it's, I'm going to be quick. Uh, I don't feel actually to be too long. But I want us to quickly, if, you, if you're taking notes or you, you want to just remember, Revelation 4 verse 11. I'm going to quickly go there. But here in the book of Revelation 4, we see the picture of worship playing out in heaven. Just imagine with me. Imagine that moment one day when you walk into heaven. The, the, you know, the sound of worship that, that just comes from that place. I, I, I can just imagine how it would be. And, and also, I can't imagine how it would be. It's just so great, actually. It feels like it blows my mind. But uh, I'm not going to uh, go to the other verses, but if you read in Revelation 4, I'm just going to give a quick description in verse 2 and 3. You see a, a description of Jesus where they speak about Him sitting on the throne, being radiant, you know, just shining. Think about the sun multiplied with 100. 
and again, you know, like just, that's the, he was just radiant on that throne, sitting on the throne. And then the, the, it goes on to describe that around this throne where Jesus is sitting in heaven, we get two uh, different groups. And the one group of people, are, they speak about heavenly creatures, okay, living creatures. And I have to say, if any of these living creatures showed up in my room now in the next week, I must probably have a runaway, okay. That, they were quite, uh, uh, they weird looking. But one thing of them that's quite unique is they had these, these wings, and they say the whole body was covered with eyes. Now, I imagine that thing looking at you. <laughs> you know? I wonder if it can blink an eye. <laughs> like all the eyes blinked. Oh, okay. Uh, but um, it says, as these creatures with all these eyes look at Jesus, their response is three words. Holy, holy, holy. Well, they have eyes all over them. They see, I can just imagine, it's almost like they see all the angles, you know. And in that, the, the only response is holy, holy, holy. And then we have another group. They speak about the 24 elders. And they, they are before Him. And, and, the, and the Word says they cast their crowns. They have crowns. They take those crowns and they cast it before Him. And then I want to read Revelation 4 verse 11 this morning. They say, then they say the following. They say, you are worthy our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things. And by you, uh, by your will, they were created and have their being. Isn't that beautiful? You have the creatures saying, holy, holy, holy. The elders saying, you are worthy. What does holy mean? Holy means that God is, Jesus is blameless. There's no one like him. There's no one in this world. You can go out. You can go and search everywhere. You won't find someone like Jesus. He's perfect in all His ways, in everything He does. Holy, holy, holy. Now, why is this? Why did I, I take us to this portion of Scripture? There's something of worship that we see here. I want to tell you this morning that worship starts with seeing and then there's a response. Now, with seeing, I'm not necessarily meaning physically seeing like these creatures in heaven. Because when we're one day in heaven, you wouldn't help, you cannot help but worship when you see Jesus. It's just going to happen. But what do I mean with seeing if I say worship starts with seeing? And what I mean with that is, do you know Him? Do you spend time in Scripture? Do you read about Jesus? Do you... Um, read about who He is and what He has done for us and how, you know, how He, even reading through the Gospels of how He died for us and how He was resurrected. Do you, do you meditate on those things and read through it? Do, uh, does it make your heart burn even as you go through that and look at the character of Jesus? Do you know Him? I said it yesterday and I'm going to say it today, but your response is usually to what you see. And here's the thing. Our hearts are deceptive. So often our eyes would go. And then sometimes we wonder, why do we struggle in worship? Because we have not been looking at Him. And this morning is an invitation where God is saying, even as Chad read that portion of Scripture that's so beautiful and gives this beautiful description of Jesus. I don't know whom of you, if... 
even as you heard that, you just, oh, Lord, I love you. And I'm like, Lord, I worship you. Why? Because together we were seeing. We were seeing. You see this rhythm of them beholding and worshiping. Beholding and worshiping. Beholding and worshiping. Then you, you have the elders, as I say, they fall before him. They take the crowns and they say, you are worthy. You are worthy. I want to I wanna, uh, take you to the, the second picture this morning. The second picture is quite different than the first picture. I want you to take you to Job 1 verse 20 to 22. Before I start with that, do you know there's this opportunity given to you that no angel will ever have? Nowhere in the Bible we read about an angel calling God Father. It's like we are in a unique position here that you and I can be in relationship with Jesus. The angels, they don't have a choice. They are worshiping, worshiping. You know, they, they, they're, you and I, we have a unique opportunity. I want to take you to Job 1, verse 20 to 22. Most of you know the story of Job. He lost everything. <laughs> lost everything. And then we read this incredible verse, this portion of Scripture. You can follow with me. Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Here you have someone that has lost everything. Everything is taken away from him. And what is his response? He fell on the ground. He tore his clothes. Praise God, we don't do that anymore. He shaves his head and he worshipped. He worshipped. Isn't that beautiful? I don't know whom of you would react in the same way. I'm challenged when I read that because I'm like, yo, I'm not sure if I would react in that way when everything is taken away from me but he worshiped when i speak about seeing again i do think job knew god he wasn't physically in heaven <laughs> but there was a there was a knowing who he, his god is and if you read through job there is a sense of that you know that job 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 had a had a a, a picture of god and he worshipped. And I want to say this morning, what does these two pictures have in common? Worship in heaven where we just see him directly and we, you know, go for it versus Job that lost everything and falls on the ground and, and worship. You know what? What is all these, all these two pictures have in common? It's that we worship because he is worthy. Why do we do all of this? Why do we come together? Why do we gather as a church? Why do we, why do we um, sing songs? Why, why did Job fall on the ground and worship? Why did the, the elders and the, the creatures react? Why do we worship? It's because He is worthy. And if we see that part of Jesus, that He is the worthy one, it will sustain your worship. 
no matter how you feel. Suddenly, it's not about your emotions anymore. Suddenly, it's not about you anymore. Suddenly, it's not about what, what you're going through. Just don't hear what I'm not saying. Obviously, God cares about our circumstances, etc. But those things don't determine whether we give ourselves to God or not. It's because He's worthy that we give ourselves. It's because He's worthy that we worship. I say it again. His worthiness sustains our worship. His worthiness sustains our worship. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense that you're sitting here invited to see that He is the worthy one. What do I mean with, with worthy? Skulk, what do you mean? I don't know whom of you have ever seen the, in our justice system in, in South Africa, there's this picture that I often use of a scale. And then the scale, like, somewhat to the one side. You know, the one side is up, the other side is down. And it's a picture of, usually what it represents is, you know, if there's a crime, you want to get a punishment that almost weighs it out. It needs to fit the crime. Né? It must be of the same weight and same value. Um, you don't want someone doing a crime and not get the, you know, a, a, punish, a punishment that is actually not equal to it or being punished lighter. And I, I'm using that example because it, it helped me. Um, but when it comes to the worthiness of Jesus, is there anything that can compare and actually bring that scale and balance it out? There's nothing in this world. Nothing, no gold, no silver, no amount of money, nothing can compare to the worthiness of Jesus. Nothing can compare to the worthiness of Jesus. Our worship is a response to the truth of God. Not about how we feel. Not about how special we are. <laughs> it's about Him and the truth of God. Francis Chan, some of you know who he is, but um, he said this thing. He said, how wonderful that we can worship a God that we cannot ever exaggerate. <laughs> how beautiful is that? We can sing worthy, 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 and holy, 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 until we can't sing anymore. And you know what? He would still be worthy of more of that. <laughs> That's how worthy he is, just forever. It will never stop. The worth of Jesus. You know, these elders that took those crowns and put it before, uh, before Jesus, what does those crowns represent? It represents your reputation, what gives you significance, our glory as man, whatever, like our talents, our identity, whatever, everything that we are, we put before Him. And my wife um, shared with me the other day just the picture she had of how often we like keeping those crowns on our heads. We like, you know, holding on to our little bit of glory and our little bit of, of honor. And, okay, God, you know, I will worship, but I'm going to one hand keep on here. You know, I'm not going to put it down before you. But he is worthy. And if we see him as the worthy one, I'm telling you, those crowns will come down. And I, I use this example. Most of us, if you walk outside and you would see a, a one cent laying on the ground, one of you would like just with all your might fall on that ground and take that one cent and you know I have it and some of you will which is fine. I know my mom would. She she believes in every cent you know. You see you pick it up and awesome. But I think most people if it's one cent you must probably walk past. But who of you if there's a check of a million rand laying there would most probably be okay. I'm gonna bend down for this one. Uh, anyone? 
Only me. Okay. <clears throat> it depends whose name is it. Oh, not a check. Let's say like a packet of 200 rands and there's no one around. You know, there's no one that's obvious whose it is. You know, it's laying there. I, I mean, most probably you will pick it up because it, it, it's just, you know, it looks like a lot of money. And I think it's often the same thing. You know, if your picture of God is that of a, a God that is small and just here to serve my needs, you must probably not going to be those that throw your crowns down. But if your picture of a God is, is actually big, which He is, and that He's worthy of everything, you will, as that 500 rand, that, just that picture, or 500 rand, or that whatever, money, just bending down, is a similar way you will throw your crowns down. You will throw your crowns down. Isaiah 55, verse 8 to 9. Most of you know this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and I am your ways, my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. He is perfect in every way, in everything He does. He's not like us. He's not like us. He isn't. He isn't. I want to use this one more scripture, and then uh, I'm almost going to end off. But Matthew 13, verse 44, is this picture. I'm going to read it to you. It says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. What is the treasure? Jesus, everything that man knew and wanted, he knew, I, can, I need to sell everything to buy this field so I can have the treasure. Is there such a desire in your heart? Is there such a, a picture of Jesus in your heart that you know anything He asks, anything He wants me to lay down, every, anywhere He wants me to go, He's worth it. He's worth it. He's worth it. I was in a situation in the end of last year with a baby on the way, and obviously we have a little Emma Joy. She is here somewhere. Um... And I, I, I was in a situation, I, I've, I have a good job, I've been working for six years, and we felt the Lord sort of speaking to us, Colt, it's time, you need to resign. And my first question to God was, into what, my Lord? <laughs> like, where do you want me to go <laughs> if I resign? And I, I, we just didn't see anything playing out. And we've, again, we were like, okay, God, uh, we know you want us to resign, but just give us an idea, you know, like, what? I have a child on the way, what's, oh, you know, this is not logic, and we, we took it to our leaders in Wellington, where I'm from, and we worked it through with them, and there was a sense, yo, God wants you guys to resign, me to resign. So I took the plunge, and I resigned, and I was like, okay, God, I'm going to resign. I'm going to do this. And for a week or two, I'm like, okay, Lord, what now, you know, and, and we've been trusting and praying, and I'm going to not make the story too long, but in that, God came through, and He provided for us as a family, actually allowing us to do what we do now in a more full-time basis, and um, it just came from nowhere, literally from nowhere. It's ridiculous, actually, how good God is, <laughs> And I want, to tell you, I want to tell you this morning that it's, it's worth obeying Him. Not just because of a breakthrough, but I felt, we felt so safe and so full of peace being near Him rather near what we want.
My last portion of scripture I want to take you to is in John 12, verse 3. I was speaking about the worth of Jesus. There's the story usually of Mary, Bethany. And uh, we actually sang that song, you know, all our devotion, our affection, pour it out on the feet of Jesus. It's based actually on, on this scripture. And we have this picture of Mary that, that just came into this room and she brought a, a, a bottle of perfume, broke it open, threw it over the feet of Jesus, and she fell down before him, used her hair to, to uh, actually clean his feet. And you had a, a room, um, he was busy actually reclining, sitting at a, a table when this happened. Now, I just quickly want to give you some context, and, and it's maybe most, probably most of you know this, but that perfume that she brought, um, they called, uh, I think in English I'm pronouncing it right, but spike nerd, is that, I don't know, I don't know. Chad is the plant guy, I'm not sure if you know, anyways, um, but basically that was equal to a year's salary, okay, and that, this perfume was so rare, it was usually only found in houses of royalty, like a king's house. So the question that I had when I, I read this is like, how did Mary afford this? How on earth did she afford this? It seems like, even as I read, I read a little bit about it, that she had to go and sell things to be able to afford and buy something like that. It's so cool, even if you go and look at the original language in that verse, it says that this was really authentic perfume, basically. Because you did get, get gen generics of this perfume. You get fake perfumes like this. But the Bible says she really went and bought this perfume that she most probably could not afford only by, she could only afford it if she sold some of her own things. That's how expensive it was. And here is this woman taking this in one moment, breaks, you know, one year salary, you know, over Jesus' feet. Now, I want to I pull your attention to one thing. That room was filled with people, not just Mary and Jesus. What did Mary see but the others didn't see? Why is she the only one that did that and the others didn't do that? Why? Because she saw the worth of Jesus. She saw the word of Jesus. She's like, he's worthy of this. <laughs> he's worthy of this. Just going to bring this. On. He's just worthy of this. I'm not, telling, I'm not telling you today, go sell everything that you have, you know, and buy perfume. And, but I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, the fact that she was willing to do that, it, I, I believe it just moves God's heart. It just moves God's heart. But if you go uh, read on, and um, uh, let me quickly uh, read John 12, verse 3 to you. Then Mary took about a pint of pure spikenard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. You know, it's interesting, in that same story, Judas was also there. <laughs> and he was offended by the fact that she would take all of that, which is so expensive and wasted on his feet. He even went as far as saying, but why don't, why don't we use, sell this and use the money for the poor? It sounds good. But you know what was the difference between Mary and Judas? Mary saw the worth of Jesus reacted. Judas didn't see the accurate Jesus. And what he did, he compromised. The Bible goes as far as saying that he actually stole some of the money. He was a thief. He, he followed Jesus for his own benefit. 
Mary didn't follow Jesus for her own benefit. It was all about Jesus. It was all about Jesus. I can just imagine when she did that, that the room was probably gasped. Because for a woman to do that in that time was actually, you know, ugh, you, you, don't, you don't go there. And secondly, um, even just going to Jesus' feet, that is, that is a position of a slave. Doing that, washing feet. And she went and she almost became nothing in light of Him. In light of Him. What are you seeing this morning? Someone that said, they said, the idea of waste only comes into our Christianity when we underestimate the worth of Jesus. Interesting that Judas portrayed Jesus with a kiss. It's like he wanted intimacy without any commitment. He wanted the benefits for himself. So how do we respond towards this cult? You're speaking about the worth of Jesus this morning. How do we respond towards this? And it's for the guys that was there yesterday, it's similar that I want to say this morning. But in light of his worth, there's only one response that makes sense. What did the elders do? They fell before him. What did Mary do? She went low. There's only one response when we see Jesus, and it's to go low. It's to go low. It's to go low before Him that is worthy of everything in our lives, worthy of all the songs that we can ever sing, worthy of everything that we have. He's worthy of it. He's worthy of it. He's worthy of it. And my prayers this morning, may you see that. Not listen just to a preach, but may you see the worth of Jesus. As a family, I know, like, I know with a two-year-old, it's actually hard to even come to church now and again when Emma is diff it's difficult. And, but as a family, we, we decided we're going to pay the cost. We're going to pay the cost. Why? Because He's worthy. When it's uncomfortable and Emma doesn't want to be in a service and we're outside and running around and we actually didn't even hear the preach and all those things, we did that. Why? Because he's worthy. He's worthy. <laughs> I want to ask you, do you see him as the worthy one? Or have you allowed worthless things to pull your heart? Can you close your eyes quickly? Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray even as we read that you're the one that opened the eyes of our hearts, bring an a, a increase of knowledge of Jesus. Jesus, I pray that, Holy Spirit, you will come now and open the eyes of hearts in this place to see you for who you are. To see you for who you are, God. Lord, I, I pray if there's any sense in us where our hearts actually have been pulled to worthless things, I pray may we just throw those things down before you, God. May we just throw those things that we often seen as very valuable. And I just see this picture. I feel like this is a response, and I want to make space for it here in the front. But if you have things you want to bring to Him that you've realized has been a worthless. Can I just invite you to come and just bow before me here in the front? Just, I saw this picture and I just want to be obedient to it. If you feel like there's things that you just want to bring to Him, I want to make space for you. Just come to the front and just kneel before Him. 
Just kneel before him. Why? Because he's worthy. Because <laughs> he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. I do. Lord, would you just pull our hearts away from the worthless things? Jesus. 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 I feel like there's, there's more of you that the Lord is actually speaking to. I just want to make space for it. Jesus. 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 And even in your own words, just bring it before him. Say whatever it is. Lord, I've been holding on to, to my career. If I've been holding on to my possessions, I've been holding on to this part of my life more than you, Jesus. Would, would you help me just to lay it down? Would you give me the grace just to, to bring it and lay it before you? I do believe there's still more of you that the Lord is speaking to. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. I want to love you Like you're the only one in the room I want to trust you With my whole heart like a child would do I want to love you like you're the only one in the room. I want to trust you with my whole heart like a child would do. May you receive what you deserve. Here's my heart. Here's my love, your life laid down, your blood poured out. Here's my song, here's my shout. May the Lamb receive his reward. Here's my life, here's my all. You are holy. You are holy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Let's just sing that. You are holy. You are holy. You are worthy. 
May you receive what you deserve. Here's my heart. Here's my love. Your life laid down. Your blood poured out. Here's my song. Oh, and here's my shout. May the Lamb receive His reward. Here's my life, here's my all, you are holy, you are holy, you are worthy, you are worthy, let's just sing that, you One more time. Yeah, the Lamb receive His reward. Here's my life. Here's such a singing with faith. May the Lamb receive His reward. Here's my life. Here's my all. Just where you are, just into him just a little bit just let's wait a little bit longer in him pour your heart heart out before him on him not because I'm asking but because he's worthy
Draw my heart. 
You're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy, Jesus. There's nothing that can compare to you, Lord. We, there's no gold, no silver. There's nothing in this world, Jesus, that is equal to you. You're high above all things. Everything is through you, for you, to you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, I pray, may, again, may this be the testimony of this house, that every life laid down for you, to you. Oh, Lord. I just felt like even um, as we're going to end off now, now, if you want prayer, and you know you're confronted maybe with something that you're holding on, like that picture of the crown, like there's something that your hands is just there, you know, and you've, you, uh, you do want to put it down, but uh, you need some sort of prayer. I want to invite you afterwards. There's going to be some of the leaders um, that just want to pray with you. And then the second, which Bryden? Bryden. Bryden. I had actually a word for you. Um, I felt, and it's not just because you, you did worship this morning, um, but I actually, when I spoke to you now and there at the back, I felt like part of what the Lord actually wants to do with you in this season, I, I saw, a, saw a light shining on your heart. And I felt like um, there's certain truths that He's speaking into you and over you in this season to bring a, a measure of freedom to your heart, okay? And I, I felt with that part of what the Lord wants to do is He wants to uh, uh, develop and establish in you a, a freedom, obviously, that's of Him and that speaks of Him. But part of it is it actually wants to release through your songs of freedom. Songs of freedom that will release freedom and, and bring almost, you know, that, that same truth as you experienced it that brought freedom to your heart and almost created more space for you. I felt like part of what you're going to sing is that people are going to be confronted with that truth. And it's almost like there's going to be some sort of deliverance that will happen in their hearts. Like they, they will suddenly be like, whoa, you know. I've never seen that. But when, you, but when you, you sang about the goodness of God, there was something of that that actually settled my heart and, and, and brought freedom, brought deliverance, that truth. The Word says it's the truth of God that sets free, you know. There's, there's, there's freedom in that. And I felt like there's something of that that He wants to establish you in this season. And that the big thing that you can do, um, I felt two keys for you. The first, the first thing is I, I just felt like the Lord encouraging you, have an open heart. Have an open heart in the season. Have an open heart in the season. The second thing I felt is not just towards him, but actually towards others that he's going to place around you to, to, to shape and mold you. You're already in that. You're already walking in that. Just hear what I'm not saying. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm saying there's a greater measure of it that the Lord wants to bring to you in this season. Okay, specifically in, in, in the area of um, worship. And I want to pray that over you. God, that... Um, even as you, the word says, you sing songs of deliverance <laughs> over us. I pray in this season, come sing it over his heart. I pray for those songs of deliverance to be, to be released just over his heart in the season in Jesus' name. And I pray, God, even as he's opening his mouth, it wouldn't, he wouldn't release his own ideas and his, his own songs, but it will be your songs, God, and your sound of deliverance, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, I pray for open heart, open heart, open heart. Holy Spirit, I pray that you come and just pour out your, your presence and your love <laughs> in his heart in this season. In Jesus' name, like never before, like never before. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Just one, one more, and then I'm. Sorry, what is your name?
Alicia, Alicia, I felt, um, <laughs> I'm gonna, I want to pray for you first. <laughs> God, I thank you just for the plans that you have for and over her life. And that you've uniquely positioned her in this season, Jesus. Lord, and then in this season, I just feel like the Lord wants to know that he has your heart. He has your heart. He has your heart. It is, it's in him. And I felt like there's been a, a battle in the mind now and again, and that he wants to actually bring a peace. Uh, it's like the, the peace of God that reigns. You know, it's the, um, it's the, the peace of God. <clears throat> it's above all understanding. And I just feel like there's, uh, there's a measure of that, actually, that the Lord wants to give you to, to fight that unsettledness in the mind and the, the fight in the mind. And I almost like what I heard was I felt like the Lord saying, speaking not to you, to, to the battle in the mind. Like I just saw him speaking silence. I'm going to speak it just over the, the, the battle in the mind and just say silence in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. We pray, may the peace of God just reign in her mind, Jesus. I pray, God, that she would be planted in your peace. In the season, Holy Spirit, you will reveal and minister the peace of God to her in this season. In Jesus' name. And I thank you. And just also see this picture of... of um, just that, you know, almost like uh, uh, like the Lord is uh, rooting up some some lies that has been has been uh, almost planted, you know, in the mind and in the heart, and that He, in this season, He wants to pull some of those things out. But part of it is actually that there is a, a sense of something of that that the Lord actually called you to do. <laughs> I felt like I felt like the Lord is <laughs> giving you a, um, a sharp tongue. And what I mean with that is that he wants to, to speak to you and show you often when, when people come to you to pray, to pray for them and actually speak into wounds and, and minister the, the healing and the peace of God over those, those places and bring it into situations. God, and I thank you just for the measure of what you're going bring to bring to her in this season. I pray just for a willingness from her heart to also release it <laughs> to, to others that you're going to place in her life and bring around her in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And again, I just speak silence over that battle. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. So I just, um, I, I, I don't know why I feel to do this as well just before we go. You got something. <laughs> Have you? Okay, wait. You guys are right. Can we? I know guys are wanting to go, but can we just linger a little longer? Just, just hang in there. I know we've been stretched a little bit beyond maybe what, what we might be used to, but just hang in there. Good morning. Good morning. <clears throat> I just have a sense that there's someone here, um, maybe a couple with deep, deep pain. Deep pain. And it actually, it feels like you're limbs have been ripped from your body. You look at yourself and you see a leg there, an arm there, a hand there. You are so in pain that you cannot even comprehend the sermon today because you're like, how do I worship? How do I even come? I'm broken. I'm so hurt. Psalm 147. 
the Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. Great is the Lord and abundant in power, powerful enough to heal you, powerful enough to heal your wounds. His understanding is beyond measure. You don't have to say that, God, you do not understand. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. You will sing to the Lord with thanksgiving again. But allow him to heal you. Thank you, Lord. So maybe, uh, yeah, I know about, I don't want to expose you publicly, but if that is you, but Stefani, maybe you and Martins afterwards, just go to this lady, her husband will be with her, and just maybe I'd love for you to pray with that couple, <laughs> if, that, if you do identify with what that, because I think you know, there's something in that. Maybe we can pray with as old as with you guys, but let's just pray for you. I did, I did want to just do something just to our visitors. I'm just blown away, and, and I know if I'm looking around the room, and there's a ton of folk that have just moved to George recently, um, and so I wonder if I could be brave, if I could ask you to be brave, <laughs> and just where you where you seated, would you stand, because I want to pray for you, um, if I'm looking around at them, you folks, first time, here, would you be brave enough to stand, and could I pray for you, um, you folk as well? Are you family with Gina? Are you, is it your family? Just friends, okay, because I know your family's coming out. Can I ask you to stand as well, the folk there behind? Thank you. Uh, you. You folk as well, Clive, as well, if you wouldn't mind. And I just, is there anyone else visiting for the first time with us this morning? Um, Trenton, you know, you guys, you're visitors still as well. <laughs> I love it. Maybe even, yeah, you guys stand up, Brandon. I know I've met some of you. Sean, I know you guys at the back standing. Come on, you guys as well. I know you come. <laughs> That's quite cool. He bought my car. <laughs> In the Yard Church. That's so cool. <laughs> Is there anyone else here? Sean, you guys as well. I know you're pretty new. But I know that uh, um, Fred, next, you guys as well. I know. But our, Gina, you're, you're, I know you like, feel like you're part of the furniture already. But I want to pray for you guys. Patrick, Deborah, stand up. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like... I know many of you, I've met many of you already, but a lot of you I haven't yet had the opportunity to meet. But specifically for the guys that it's your first time here this morning as well, I wanted to pray for you. But what I wanted to pray was something that as you've come into George, that you would find a family quickly. Um, For those of you not in church, or maybe you're visiting different churches, that you would find a family very quickly. It's imperative as if your life depends on it, that you would find a body that you could knit in with and abide with, belong to, and contribute to. Family is important. We need each other. We need Jesus first and foremostly, but we need each other. Okay, and I think this morning we've emphasized the importance of Jesus, but we need each other. And so just for you as our visitors, I know some of you guys have already got quite slotted in, so that's why, like, I know Gina said, I mean, like, feels like you're part of the furniture, Brandon and Les as well. Like, but there's a couple of guys this morning that I haven't 
had a chance, folk as well that I haven't met yet, so welcome to you guys. Um, but I want to ask that the Lord would just speak to your hearts and that whether it's us or whether it's the church down there, whatever it is, that you would find a family quickly. Just take that seriously because it is important. I believe Jesus died for his church. We died for the last of the week, but he's coming back for his church. Okay. He's coming back for his church. And we need to be part of it. We need to be slotted in. We need to be rubbing shoulders and like growing together and contributing and growing this thing. or Whatever it might be that Jesus is asking us to do. But so, Lord, I want to pray right now for every individual standing that is just visiting, that is new to George, that is trying to find their feet, make friends, whatever it is, Jesus, that you would, by your Spirit, slot them in to the family that you have for them, Jesus. Lord God, that as you've brought them on a journey, and even many have moved from Johannesburg or Cape Town or Pretoria or Durban, wherever it might be, into this town of George, for whatever reason, God, I pray that, Lord, wherever they join, wherever they belong, and wherever they get started in, that they would be a blessing to that family, Jesus. Wherever it is, Lord God, Jesus, if you're adding them to us, thank you for the blessing they're going to be here with us. That we're going to grow, we're going to run stronger, wider, harder, deeper, Jesus. Lord, whatever it is you've called us to, that Holy Spirit, I pray that there would be no tarrying. You know what it means to tarry is to, is to like jump around and just be unsure that there'd be a clear decision, that they'd be slotted in quickly because I almost just felt this caution in the Spirit, don't don't dilly-daddle. <laughs> it's a weird word, but anyway. Don't, don't, don't jump around too quickly or don't visit like, are oh, we looking for the right church? But get slotted into your family quickly. It's important for your growth, and it's important because you need to contribute into the body somewhere. 